All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Well, I won't lie, we're still bewildered about Sunday night, but it is time to turn the page and look ahead to Game 4 and hopefully the start of something special for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It is Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa. What's up, Rosie? How are you, buddy? Not much, man. I'm feeling a little better too, I suppose. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't quite realize that rant was ranting on for that long. But hey, when you get things like that happening, you got to speak your mind, I suppose. That's what the show's all right about, right, buddy? Yeah, in case everybody missed it out there, Jay Rosa became uh, a viral sensation on YouTube just with his two minute and thirty nine second rant about Game Three and whatever that was from the Maple Leafs perspective. But you. That's why we love you on the show. And again, getting set for uh, game number four of this series coming up on Wednesday night. But first and foremost, uh, Connor Bedard, we find out his destination. It still brings back memories to the night we found out Austin Matthews was going to become a Maple Leaf. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I actually watched it live for once. I I don't know. I'll be honest. I kind of had these ideas that... Um... They might have like tried to get him to Arizona <laughs> to save the franchise, but uh, I think they're too far back. But it is kind of interesting how we don't get to see the balls come out and stuff. Maybe it would be too much of a long, drawn out, boring process, but it seems kind of ripe for the, the NHL to kind of do whatever they want with it. Nonetheless, going to Chicago. Um, I think it's a good place for him to go, man. That that franchise. It was kind of weird how everyone's like that franchise really needs it, and it's oh man, he really like they were like a modern day dynasty like ten years ago. I don't know if they need it as bad as as some outfits, but uh, nonetheless, he's going to Chi Town, uh, Wicked Original Six organization. So I'm sure he'll have some success there. Social media you're on because nobody on my social media said Chicago deserved to get Connor Bedard, man. Like I, it just. It's a bizarre place for this guy to go, but nonetheless, uh, it just it raises some eyebrows, even my bushy eyebrows. But uh, certainly, they have to be ecstatic with getting a guy like Connor Bedard. The guy's a generational player. 
widely regarded as that hasn't played a game in the league i understand that but there's a reason why he's so highly touted and uh, it just means so much for that organization that franchise to sort of turn the page on what's transpired the last 15 years but i totally totally understand why people are pissed off about this whole situation and and sort of the snafu as well in the broadcast man it's just i i think it needs a bit of an overhaul just production wise but i don't know we'll see what they do yeah, I don't know. I watched Bedard this year um, play against the Hitmen, and I mean, I got to be honest. He is as as skilled as they come. His shot and release is ridiculous. His his sense for finding that open area where the puck's going to be, and then and then taking advantage of it and finishing it is is next to none. His skills off the charts. Fuck, there was many, many, many shifts where he literally didn't take a stride. And he kind of looked like Ovi, just like no controller, just kind of floating around. And then lo and behold, he'd kind of pop into the right spot and bury. So, okay, cool. But I just don't, I'm just interested to see if he can do that in the NHL or if he's going to have to kind of overhaul his game. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. He is heads and shoulders better than anyone in the the chl and the junior leagues right i mean he's toying with them he's probably bored to tears in that league he's so goddamn good and everyone else is just not even on the same planet as him but for him to play that kind of game in the nhl i mean honestly nobody's ever gotten away with that so i i'm interested to see how his work ethic and how his skating adapts and changes from what i saw him playing there for the regina pats but nonetheless lots of uh lots of fun stuff to watch next season with him in the league and, and seeing how he adapts let the record show that Jay Rosehill is not a believer in Connor Bedard. As we move on here on the show, remember, subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review. You called him a floater on more than one occasion throughout this season. Hell, but he again, he floating has... floating like fucking crazy. He's probably bored, but probably looking at the crowd for a puck bunny or something like that. So I, I give him the pass on that. But I'm looking forward to seeing him in Chicago. As I was saying, at the Leaf Station 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching right now and are not subscribed, I don't know what the hell you're doing, especially when we have rants, the one that Jay Rosehill brought to the table yesterday. I would want to subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401, available wherever you find your podcasts as well. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. Drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. And about 10 minutes from now, one of your former coaches, of course, with the Toronto Marlies, uh, played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Most recently, you saw him as the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. He's coached for the Oilers as well. Been doing some great, great work and breakdowns on the Sportsnet panel. Dallas Aikens will drop by. But for now, let's get over the boards. So there's a variety of areas we can start with. But again, we are looking forward to uh, game four and the potential of a comeback. Only four teams have done it in NHL history, as we know, Rosie. But where does that comeback need to start? And uh, we got a bit of information yesterday. Not much about Ilya Samsonov feeling better scheduled to get some tests yesterday and an MRI done. Yeah, um, interesting enough. I don't know if he's going to go in. I don't think anyone's going to know until last minute. I doubt Sammy even knows if he's going to be able to play last minute. Um, if he does, I imagine he won't be 100%. And if he doesn't, then I imagine we're going to have someone in there who is also not 100% if you want to talk about experience level or minutes played recently, whatever you want to look at it. But... From where that needs to start, I don't think it's going to come down to the goalie saving this team and getting them somehow on some magical run to tying this series. I think it's going to come from, you know, the forwards. You need to do your thing. You need to use all that skill and all that money that you've invested in some of these players for the very reason that they have so much skill they can win you hockey games. 
they've got to go out there and win a hockey game. They've got to play with intensity. They've got to have a different mindset and they've got to score a bunch of goals, more goals than the other team. Very simple. Stop turning it over. Stop playing on the perimeter. They've got to attack. They've got to find the holes. They've got to penetrate and they've got to, they've got to produce. That's exactly what they're paid to do. And, you know, I'm sure they'll be looking to do it and, not that they haven't been trying to do it, but they just haven't been finding it. So somehow they got to tweak their mindset and get to a, a place where they can bury a lot more goals and, and overwhelm this Florida team. And they got to do it on Wednesday. It's pretty simple to me as well. It comes down to the core four. The fact that we're three games into this series and if you had to score a goal, just look in the mirror. And I think any good team, any great team, you need your star players to be your star players at some point in time. And now with their backs against the wall down 0-3, it's time for Matthews. It's time for Marner. This is the last hurrah. It really has that feeling. I know we have the extra day off between games three and four, but it is the last hurrah where it's the realization. I think these guys need to look around, sadly, and say, hey, this could be the last time we all play together. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, and I don't want to be Mr. Doom and Gloom, but you would think that's uplifting to say, you know, we've had some great memories. We had a great time. Let's fucking do this, you know? should be motivating. Yeah, I don't think it's doom and gloom. It's the reality of it. If they don't win this next game, they're toast. And that group won't be together again, no matter what happens. You never have the exact same team the next year. So, um, you know, it sucks packing your shit with, with disappointment. It sucks being really excited going into a playoff run and thinking you're going to make some noise and make a run and, and you fall flat. And nobody wants that feeling. And the sad thing is, most of the time, most teams have that feeling packing their stuff. And we thought this was the year the Toronto Maple Leafs were not going to have that feeling and going to go deep and be proud of their season. And uh, as of right now, with the hole they've put themselves in, um, that's not going to be the case if they don't win on Wednesday. So there's no more talking. There's no more analytics. There's no more anything. It's you have to win a game. And if you do that then you're still in the same position the next game. You have to win another game. And, you know, you can climb out of this. It's been done. And the odd thing is, is this isn't um, an outmatched team or a team that can't hang with the Florida Panthers. They're really not. They're capable of doing it. So the, the, the silver lining is that they are a really good hockey team when they are a really good hockey team. So they have to find that formula to bring it on Wednesday and win that game. And then they got to put themselves in a position to say, okay, one more. And then one more. And they just got to get to a point where they tie this series, get to a game seven, and then see what they've got. But uh, it's no it's no small task that they, they've put themselves in. Yeah, I think we'll find out rather early in the game uh, if the Leafs are ready to step up and actually play the hockey game. I, again, we don't know what we saw in game three, but I think we find out very, very early if they mailed it in, if they packed it in and said, you know what, good riddance to the season and we'll move on here. I don't think they'll do that at all. I think those guys are, uh, trust me, there's nobody that's more unhappy about what's happening than the guys in that locker room. Again, they care as much as anyone. This is their life's work. This is their livelihood. This is their future. And they're not happy. And as pissed off as Leaf Nation is right now for the position they're in, the guys in that room are every bit as pissed off. And they're going to they're gonna bring it. And there's no way you're going to have any sense of packing it in. Um, they need a big start, just like they had in Game 3, but they need to sustain it. They need to continue on with it. They can't blow their load and then lay off the pedal and uh, allow Florida to kind of bring it back and overwhelm them. So it's, again, no small task. It's a big mountain ahead of them, but it's not impossible, and you better believe they're going to be trying to do it. And speaking of bringing it, today's guest has been phenomenal on the Sportsnet panel. NHL head coach, former Maple Leaf, former Toronto Marlies head coach. We're so happy to bring in. Dallas Akins. Uh, Dallas, thank you so much for doing this. And what runs through your mind when you see the ugly mug of Jay Rosehill, your former uh, player? Well, you know what? I was just thinking about you, Rosie, the other night when uh, I, I saw Cassidy uh, start his fourth line. 
And I always hate when people number the lines, but I was thinking back to the Marley days when I, uh, we used to start you and uh, Boyser and Greg Scott, and you guys would wreak havoc on that first shift <laughs> and uh, always give us momentum. So uh, it's great to see your beautiful mug, not that ugly one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember those days. Those were fun days playing some of my favorites, Dally, and being coached by you was uh, was nothing short of awesome, man. It was uh, some good years for sure, and it was good to see you back in the NHL there with the Ducks, and now to see you on the panel, all suited up, looking good. How's that been uh, for you experience-wise? You know what? It's been great. It's, it's obviously very different than, you know, being interviewed as a coach. You can kind of actually tell the truth. Uh, as a coach, you're really guarded. You're not going to say a whole whole bunch um but i've really enjoyed it i i think uh the, those guys on that panel uh jen botterell as well like they it, it's a they're an amazing team and uh i go back with bx a bit obviously i know elliot i know ron i know david amber uh kelly um so it's been a really great experience and and it's fun too to be able to go back and forth a little little bit with kevin so we're going to get to the Maple Leafs story, but I got to get you uh, your perspective off the top. Of course, you were part of the whole process this season and being in the mix for Connor Bedard. Uh, he ends up in Chicago. What was your reaction? You see Chicago come on that screen. Man, I was sad. Like, I, I really wanted the Ducks to win it. Um, I am a massive fan of the Samueli family. Uh, Henry, Susan, their daughter, uh, Jillian. They are big givers in our community. They're like A-plus ownership. Uh, they're just there to support you. Um, and I've got a really great relationship with them. And for what they're doing in our community in Southern California, man, I, I, I wanted that first pick for them. So I, I was sad. But in the same breath, you know, I'm extremely tight with Luke Richardson. I was, uh, he was my D partner in junior. Uh, I was in his wedding party. Uh, Derek King, uh, you remember Rosie was a, a coach yeah. with the Marlies, another guy that I'm extremely close with. So for them to get a, an A-plus player like that, and and I don't know Connor Bedard, but boy, is he in good hands with those two men uh, being able to guide him once he come in, comes into the league. For sure. Dally, before we get onto the current Maple Leafs right now, I remember back when we were both in Toronto, uh, you were coaching on the Marlies, having lots of success, and lo and behold, Ron Wilson gets fired up with the um, the Maple Leafs, the big club, and a lot of rumors, a lot of buzz. I think they were seriously contemplating hiring you for that job. Instead, they went with Randy Carlisle, which obviously didn't work out, but I remember that very vividly thinking that I really wanted you to have that shot with the Maple Leafs. I enjoyed playing for you. I thought you had all the mixtures of what uh, what it needs to be coached in that uh, in that market. What was it like for you going through that and how close did they talk to you about it or anything? And it still bugs me to this day that uh, we didn't get to see how that would have panned out. Well, I, I, I won't lie. Like, you know, I, I hated seeing Ron going through what he was going through. And it, it's interesting looking back. I, I can pinpoint the Leafs demise that year, and we don't need to get into it totally right now, to a rookie party. And they never recovered from the rookie party. They, they lost a bunch in a row, and then uh, Ron got let go. And, of course, at the time, man, you, you really think you're ready. Um, uh, I believe that, that, that I was. Uh, Brian Burke, who's a dear friend to, to this day, he, he was obviously my boss. And when they made the decision, it was really simple. He, he just told me that, you're going to thank me one day for not putting you in this position. 
this is a, 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 a super big job with super uh, large challenges. You're just getting started in your coaching career. And I really don't want you to start here. Now, I'm not sure there's any great place to, to, to start your coaching career, but I do believe Brian was right. Like, I, I'm not sure I was quite ready for that. Um, but now with lots of experience, like even to come into these big markets, whether you're the head guy or. A I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. No, no, we lost him. I think we're going to try to reconnect here. Oh, there you go. We got you back. We got you back. People are calling me on my phone if I just blank No problem. (laughs) No problem. No problem. Um, well, yeah, what were we talking about again? I forgot. <laughs> oh, just yeah, so being in that market, yeah. it prepared you basically. Yeah. No, that's right. And and you know what? I, I had great mentorship there, right? Like I had worked for Paul Maurice. Um, uh, I had, I knew Randy well. Um, he's still a really good friend to this day. I got to watch Ron Wilson work. There's a number of GMs that came through at that time. So uh, I'm a big believer and being a fly on the wall, you can learn a whole lot by listening uh, first. And so I am forever grateful uh, of my eight years in Toronto. So Dallas, what's going to mind, do you think, right now of Sheldon Keefe? And uh, how stunned are you that we're sitting here like a week and a half after this team finally wins a playoff series in 19 years, their backs are against the wall, 0-3 in this series? Well, I'm stunned that they haven't won a game because I, I, I do believe they should have one under their belt for sure. We could fumble around with a, a, a second one. Um, you know, I, I know there's the, 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 the chatter out there of, you know, what's Keith going to do? And, you know, if they go down four straights, you know, is he on the line or Dubas and all this stuff. And, and the thing that I know about Sheldon Keefe is, He's going to make whatever adjustment that he's going to make, whether it be lineup wise or systematic wise or, or motivational wise, inspiration wise, that's best for his team. And nobody knows that team and that locker room better than him. I can guarantee you that. So I would really trust uh, Sheldon. He's going to do what's right for his team, not what's right for him uh, individually. The The other thing for me is, is like, when, when you get to games like this, hey, Sheldon's going to coach the game. But this is on the players now. Like, you've got it. Like, Sheldon Keefe is not going to go out there and win a puck battle. He's not going to go get into the blue paint. He's not going to go get into the goalie's eyes. He's not going to score on a point-blank uh, shot. He's not going to go draw a penalty. He's not going to go kill a penalty. And so, like, this is why players get paid the big bucks and and especially your top players this is where your top players have to rise up and play to their full potential so speaking of that 
after watching the first three games of this series and, and how they went down, what do you think is the formula? Obviously, they got a mountain to climb ahead of them, but there is, there is you know, potential to get something done here and do something special. What do you think the, the formula or what do you want to see watching the next game here to see them try to get this thing back on track? Well, first of all, get to a neutral mindset. And what I mean by that is if any of these players, I don't pick one of them, if they are back in game three or game two or still wallowing in, oh, man, we're down 3 nothing. they're done. It's over. And they've got to take the mindset of whether they are down 3-0, up 3-0, up 2-1, down 2-1, whatever it is. They would be coming into this game as a, as a must win. I, I don't care if game one must win, game two must win, game three. You, you have to take these games and a singular focus. So that's the first thing for me is don't worry about what's happened. Worry about like right now, what do you need to do in this moment? The second thing I, I'd be doing if I was one of these players is really, and I, and I mean like intestinally recalling my best game my best game individually. What did that look like? What did that feel like? How did I go about my business? And then the 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 third thing is that when that puck drops, it's on. And everybody talks about a 60-minute game, right? Oh, we got to play a 60-minute game. Those players, there's only one guy that's got to play 60 minutes, and that's the goalie. Everybody else, Austin Matthews, don't give us 60. Give us your best 23. Marner, give us your best 24. Uh, Giordano, give us your best 10 minutes. Like, I, I don't care how many minutes you play. Give us your best. So the players don't have to play 60 minutes here. They, they just got to roll out whatever they're going to roll out. And if they can just focus on that, being and getting to a really neutral mindset, really recalling and uh, having a belief in their best game, and then once they're done singing the national anthems and that puck goes down, that, hey, it's on. I'm just curious to get your perspective as well, even from when you started coaching to now, just how you motivate a player and like how different players are now than they are well, maybe 15 years ago, where you look at game three and it goes without question, don't even need to watch the game tape. Like, you know, not many players showed up. David Camp, Sam Lafferty, Shanner. There's a couple guys, but the core four nowhere to be found. How would a coach handle that, like, post-game in the video? Like, I don't think we're at a point where you can rip anybody. I think they should pretty much know. But I just wonder, from a motivation standpoint, how you get the best out of your players. Maybe that's the age-old question in this league, right? Yeah, the the, the ripping part of it, the, there's times for it. Um, but, uh, but I think your relationship with the player comes first. It's the old, they're not going to care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've always believed that as a coach uh, since day one. I remembered it as a player. The, the coaches that I knew really cared about me. Um, you know, you're going to listen more. You're, you're going to battle more, all of those things. And then if they did get into you about something, it was just because they were trying to make you better. It, it wasn't something else. So the, 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 the big thing now is... Uh, and, and I know people use the word motivation. I just used it earlier, but I, I, I followed it up with what is really matters. As a coach, you have to inspire your players. And motivation lasts, like, it, it's very short, right? Like, might be able to walk in and, and say a few things to you before a game, but 10, 15 minutes later, 
it's probably lost. I think inspiration uh, it is a really big deal. And you can find inspiration all over the place. You can find inspiration through uh, stories and experiences that have nothing to do with hockey. You can find inspiration by a, a, a guy that's maybe playing way above his pay grade uh, in your lineup. Uh, you can find inspiration by past teams that have won big games or taken out teams four straight or uh, won championships when, when they've been down. So there's lots of different ways to go with the inspiration part, but I but inspiring people lasts much, much longer than uh, going in and trying to motivate them. And so, you, uh, yeah, you. Rosie, you have one last thought? No, you have one last thought? Well, I was just going to say, we know what they need to do. And I mean, it's when the rubber hits the road here tomorrow, all of that preparation and all that years long work is, uh, it's over and it's time to just go. So we want to hear from you. You got a prediction? Are these Leafs going to pull one off here on Wednesday or you think they're going to show up? Uh, I do. I, I, I said it yesterday to the guys uh, uh, when we were talking in the back on the panel. Like, it, as much as, hey, it's, I get that it's 3 nothing, but I, I really believe that the Leafs are, are, are going to win a game here. And, and I don't mean that they're going to win a game and then go down and lose 4-1. to one. I mean, they're going to win a game. And then it starts that whole mental go back and forth, right? They go in. They win this game. Now they're heading back home. And then the Florida Panthers are like, oh, man, we missed putting them out there. Now we've got to go into their building and win. And then now you're at home and you win at home. And now the Florida Panthers are going, oh, geez, now we, we had them at 3 nothing. Like, they literally have to go out and, and, and win a game. But their biggest challenge is going to be to go out there and play freely. Like, you know, I thought on that overtime the other night, man, did they look tight coming out. Yeah. Like, they are just squeezing it. And that's all mental, right? Like, everything that's yeah. going on right now is mental. They haven't lost their skill set. They're suddenly not in bad shape, right? Like, all it, you know, they haven't changed their skates. They didn't change their pattern on their stick. Everything's the same. The thing that is different right now is their brains. And they just need to readjust their steering wheels just a little bit. Just bizarre that they finally get over that hump in the first round. You think it's going to be an uplifting moment back to square one. We're having that conversation where they can't push through in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but so be it. You brought the heat. You're doing fantastic work on the panel. Really, really appreciate your time today, Dallas. Yeah, can I, I'm going to say one more thing. I, get I said to a guy, I was in a line getting a protein smoothie yesterday, and this guy recognized me, started talking to me about the lease, and he's going on and on and all this stuff. And I just looked and I said, hey, can I just give you one thing to think about? Like, you know, the team that they're playing just took down the best team ever in the history of the uh, NHL in the regular season. And you know, that team has a bunch of really good players. And you know, they have a really great coach and a GM that's done a hell of a job putting the team together. They want to win the Stanley Cup just as bad. And people forget that there's this other team over there and, and they're equally motivated. But that's the challenge in pro sports and especially the NHL, that you just got to be 1% better than that group on the other side. For sure. Looking it's forward no to tomorrow night. Thank you so we much. <laughs> we do. Yeah, that's right. All right. Have a good one, guys. Good seeing you, Rosie. Thanks, Dally. Good. good to see you, man. Good job and uh, good talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, anytime. 
There you have it. Your uh, former coach with the Toronto Marlies, Dallas Akins, doing a, a tremendous job on, on the panel. I love the uh, the motivation, though. Like, he, I can see why you loved him, man. Great speaker. Yeah, like he says, it's a difference between motivation and inspiration. You know, motivation, a guy can yell at you and tell you to do something, get you jacked up for a few minutes. But as soon as you, you know, re-tape your socks and head out there after the anthem, that kind of fizzles out those words and you're back to square one. But the inspiration is, you know, wanting to play for a guy and it comes from, he can plant it inside of you and then it's 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 within you and you always have it. It's it's totally different. It's interesting he said that because uh, I felt that playing for different coaches for sure. And uh, he was one of the guys that gave you inspiration. You wanted to play for him and go through a wall for him. So some good years there for sure. Nothing gets through to these fucking guys in the least, man. I won't lie. Like I'm still down about Sunday. The biggest games of their career and the just no show, like completely <laughs> across the board, man. David Camp, Sam Lafferty. Uh, great job. Shanner, I thought, was good. But my, my goodness, I've just seen that rodeo way too many times. But again, can only look ahead to game four and, and start from there. Brought to you by our new friends over at Skip. We're happy to tell you about Mitch's Dishes by Skip using the promo code TLN15 on the Skip the Dishes app. You'll get $15 off when you spend $30 or more on Mitch's Dishes. Please note that this offer is exclusive to Skip. Additionally, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Marner Assist Fund to combat food insecurity. Skip is currently serving up game time eats across the GTA and Ontario in the likes of Brampton, Guelph, Kitchener, Toronto, Oshawa, and Waterloo, among other places. If Mitch likes it, it's got to be great. Did somebody say Skip? From there, we get to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And once again, Rosie, we've been on this bet all series long between Vegas and Edmonton. It hit yesterday within seconds and minutes. Laurent Boisois gets hurt. And so three goals, in fact, I believe, were scored in the first period between Vegas and Edmonton. For tonight's game, since we hit yesterday, I'm looking for a response. And again, that was a buzzword on Monday when we did our doom and gloom show. No response from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I expect a response tonight of sorts from the Dallas Stars after they were thumped, thoroughly thumped in Game 3 in Seattle. So I'm going to take the Dallas Stars in regulation in that game, looking at plus money, as you see on your screen, at plus 127 as we have this conversation. I think Dallas is a really, really well-coached team. Um, I think we're going to see a response from them. And Seattle's a pesky bunch sort. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I like the response, you know, angle in the playoffs. It tends to go back and forth. It's hard to really get a team down and, and beat them up again after taking them to the cleaners. So with that plus almost 130 money to get them in regulation, mm -hmm. you know, uh, could easily be a, a two goal win or something like that. I might sprinkle that too. But yeah, I like the fact that uh, they're going to get it done in regulation. It's a good bet. Let's get to the chat once again on fire. Uh, gospel testimony. New coach changed the look of the core. All right. Uh, that, that seems to be a consensus, man. Like social media has been on fire since pretty much Sunday. Matthews have got it, has got it. Uh, Marner's got it. Sheldon Keefe's got it. Everybody's pretty much got it, understandably so. And, that, and that's just the risk, if you want to call it that, of playing in this market. There's going to be heat. I don't know how these guys and why these guys would check out social media in this time. Uh, but gospel testimony rates in handshake line respect my bad should have been clear uh, with his breakdown super strict nine I'd bring Matthews back if he wants to stay in Toronto that's going to be a question for another day I don't even want to tackle that because this season is not over just yet um, just looking as well quickly in the in the chat Mr. Pemail Bacon I guess sort of feeling a bit positive about where, where this team's at I think there's a couple people out there still feeling relatively positive they can find a way to inch closer in this series. I mean, never say never. 
I know Mike Richards has been doing his uh, sort of rounds on uh, social media and radio broadcasts alike uh, because, I mean, it's, it's got to start somewhere. Um, lighter juice rates in, it's not over until it's over. I, I like the uh, positivity. I will say that, Rosie. Yeah, and I hope that the team in the locker room there has uh, more faith in the group than, you know, the fans and the people on social media <laughs> because as soon as they lost that game, it was, let's talk about Dubis and let's talk about the core and let's talk about Keefe. And it's like, you got to win four. And the hardest one to win is that fourth one, no doubt. And, you know, as good as the Florida Panthers are playing right now, and I'm going to say as bad as the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are, are playing right now, that could flip, you know. Bobrovsky yeah. could not start doing what he's been doing. He could get hurt. The guys could cool off, and the Leafs could catch fire. And if the Leafs do catch fire, they've proven this season that there's not a lot of guys that can hang with them. So, you know, you never know. There's there's a chance. There is a chance. So exactly why we're not talking about the offseason, you know, yeah. changes that may or may not be made because we're still in the bloody playoffs here, and there's a game to play on Wednesday. Hey, you have every reason to feel that way, and and I think we have every reason to be alarmed by what we saw transpire on on Sunday. I think Leafs fans have a reason this time to be pissed off. Like I understand social media right now. Maybe I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom. Maybe I'm Mr. Negativity. But dude, I told you when we started this gig, I'm like, just wait. I mean, it's it's all roses in the regular, and, and something just seems to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I didn't expect this. Like I I fully expected a week and a half ago. The team would build finally off winning a playoff series. Like the the monkey was off the back. They were good in game one. They were good in game two. And then they come out with the same old. I don't know if you recall those conversations we had in the first month of the season in October. And you said, man, you're worrying too much about games in October. This is why I worried, Rosie. Because we see this when it matters most. And it brought back memories of postseasons past where they don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter if it's the preseason. It doesn't matter if it's October. It happens in the springtime. Like, it's crazy to me how you can go from that team in game two that dominated, probably deserved a better fate, to just an absolute no-show, and it was across the board. But anyways, I, I could talk about that till we're blue in the face, and it's just unbelievable to me. We've been on this journey together throughout this season. You're not going to be here tomorrow. Three Hits with Rosie is coming. Looking forward to that. But I just hope this is not the last time we're previewing a Maple Leafs game this season. But again, I just have no clue which Leafs team is going to show up on Wednesday, sadly. Yeah, and that's been their Achilles heel. They can't find the consistency to play their best their yeah. best hockey, you know, night in and night out. And when they don't have it, they seem to have trouble accessing it. And, you know, that's been the case this series. But again, things can change quick. They have changed quick with this group. And they could change uh, quickly on the other side of the locker room too. And all of a sudden, you know, that team could start struggling or, uh, you know, some kind of hiccup could happen. I mean, there's enough firepower. There's enough experience. There's enough, uh, there's enough jam in that room to get one win. And like Dallas said, as soon as you do that, you go back home. Then you got you get another win. All of a sudden, it's a 3-2 series. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, coming back from 3 nothing at that point or if you've been going game for game for five games straight and now you're going into game six and it's anybody's game. It really doesn't matter. That is a mental thing, a 100% mental thing. Statistically, is it hard to win three in a row? Absolutely. But if you can get it to two games – three two in the series then you just got to look at it like any old series that's gone shot for shot through five games and you know you got two games left to get something done so we'll see but uh the next game's huge and you got to take it one game at a time you got to win one in florida and bring it back home to toronto and that's exactly what they're trying to do and i think that they can do it that's all you got to do win one game that's what we're looking here Love this comment from Maria Monroe. I am 62 years old. Stop with the negativity. I totally respect that. Trevor C. Wrightson, this is the cherry on top to this whole conversation. 
there's no reason a guy like Austin Matthews loses a battle in the corner to Mark fucking Stall, man. What the fuck? And we'll leave it at that. Dallas Akins, what an absolute gem. So thankful of him to make some time. I know he's been very, very busy with the Sportsnet panel. Again, you guys have been so tremendous in the live chat throughout here in this run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I just hope it continues. And should mention as well, so three hits with Rosie coming up tomorrow. And Bruce Boudreaux has once again agreed to come on with me tomorrow and break down what he's seen and assess what this team does moving forward uh, leading up to game number four on Wednesday night, 03 in this series, Rosie. So we'll talk on Thursday. Hopefully it's not the first official doom and gloom episode of the season. I don't want that yet. Me too, man. We're not ready. They got to get one here on Wednesday. Not Let's go. I love it. That's Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care.